Please listen carefully. What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister, the Broke and Jobless podcast. We review books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Christina. <laughs> this fucking bitch. This strong with a capital C, bitch. <laughs> I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. Oh, God. And as you can already tell, today's episode is going to have a little bit of a different vibe, going to have a little bit of a different format. Uh, first of all, it's the third episode we've recorded in one day, which is too long to be recording, quite frankly. But we have to account for the fact that we're going to be on a week-long vacation with each other. Uh, so we're trying to do that. Uh, also, these two people cannot be trusted, so that's another element to it. Uh, but more than that, we are kind of springboarding off of what we did in our last episode, which Nat is losing their fucking mind. <laughs> I wish I wish this once we were a fucking video podcast so you could see this animal just laughing out of her mind right now because these two people immediately were like, oh, I'm going to record the shorter episodes. I'm going to edit the shorter episodes. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be a different energy, guys, because what we're doing today is we're going to be talking about, we're taking the unpopular opinions, sort of book hot takes tag currently on BookTube. We reached right into there for ideas. We are not a well that is drying out. That's not what's happening here. Not at all. We simply saw something (laughs) that other people were doing that looks to be pretty popular, and we thought we want to get it on that. Uh, So really, we're just selling out. That's what it is. It's not about laziness. It's about selling out. There's nothing wrong with selling out, okay? But just gotta do. I was gonna say make money. Yeah, like, not. <laughs> not even making money. We this podcast we exclusively make for people that could just get on a call with us and have this experience in real life. But it's fine because what we're doing yeah. today is we're gonna look through the unpopular opinions tag, uh, and I sort of t- selected a couple of questions I think from there that are likely to be the most interesting and i'm gonna randomly ask them uh of my friends here nat and steph and i use friends loosely at this particular stage of recording um we're co-workers only i mean again co-workers implies we're getting paid for what we're doing we're (laughs) co-volunteers um i asked them and so in this case there's no preparing we have not come up with books or examples in advance will that work out will that be Mm -hmm. a benefit or will that make it filled with awkwardness who knows prepare for chaos how about that a lot of a lot of probably scrolling googling so much who knows i have my story graph open since steph has claimed this episode can't wait for there to be a lot of clicking in the background for people typing what they're searching for (laughs) a lot of lag when we're opening up multiple tabs on the other screen so you can figure out what the fuck that we're going to talk about so let's see how that goes or maybe this is the way to do it and the audio will be perfect because ideally it will be a shorter episode who knows uh with that being said let's go into it so i've taken a look at the uh, unpopular opinions tag, some of the things that they've asked, you got a lot of your standards, okay? There's a lot of real, like, you, what's a book that, what's something that you love that everybody hates? You know, what's a genre that people love that you don't mm-hmm. really like? But I wanted to pick some of the more interesting ones from there. Uh, and so my first question is a little bit about romance, which means it's got to be geared towards Steph. And Steph, I think the question for you that I have that comes from that tag 
And and that, I mean, if you got an example too, you should feel free to throw one in here. But what is a love triangle in a book that you read that ended in a pairing you didn't like and you wish would have gone the other way? I'm asking the hard-hitting journalism questions, my friend. <laughs> this is a hard-hitting journalism, que- journalism question, but I personally do not like love triangles. Yeah, that's why I'm asking. So I don't read a lot of them. I don't read a lot of them. I'm looking at my shelf trying to be like, is there any love triangle i don't think you're gonna get an answer out of me nat do you nat i i like the most obvious one i can think of is only in ya books because i feel like that's the dominant genre that carries a lot of love triangles and i feel like the most obvious one is probably hunger games but i was just gonna say but i think that ended correctly i I was gonna say are you team gale so like I'm oh yeah like I'm also like not team Gale is the thing so it's like I how would that one end anyway like I don't know that I have a correct answer for this one I'm trying to think of well, the other one is one. Twilight the other big uh love triangle and I again at the I mean here's the thing when I was a teen and I was reading it I was like oh yeah team Edward all the way I don't know if I'd be think of it the same way reading it as an adult um but I don't know I would have to read over, but I, I can't touch those books because <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to find and I don't know what I'm going to learn Is there about anything myself. not in a book that you would bring up? Because I know we've talked about this before because there are so many things that just end up in love triangles that we're like, what the fuck is going oh, on? like a TV so show? Maybe TV show, movie? God. <laughs> truly, I truly do not read or watch anything with love triangles. I think I just hate love triangles. I mean, we all hate them. They're garbage. But sometimes they show up in things that aren't about that. So you end up you know what I mean? I'd like, surely, surely, in the Sarah J. Mass series that you both recommended to me, no, there is not. a love triangle. It, like, the, the triangle's gone after, like, the first book. But it's in the first oh, book, th- babe. Throne of Glass. But again, it ended correctly. <laughs> yeah. Throne of Glass true. and... Approve. <laughs> I feel like, at the end of the day, for love triangle to work and be, exist, everyone knows the correct answer to the partner. The only thing I'm thinking of, and I didn't even read this, is, like, there's a Jennifer L. Armentrout book, and they tried to, like, make it a thruple, from what I'm understanding, in the last book. Like, his best friend comes in, and she's, like, kind of falling in love with him. That is what I haven't read this book, but, like, people are so up in arms about that. Uh, but I will say, too, here, like, this is an example of, like, it doesn't matter that we all hate them. They show up in everything, because we recently had this discussion about Ted Lasso. Yeah. There's not really a triangle. Jamie, Keely, and uh, Roy. It's one of the main storylines. A a love triangle that was a throuple and then someone in the last minute cowardly. And then we were also in that possibly the not that same episode, but a few episodes later, we talked about Emily in Paris. And one of the worst parts about season one of that is that there was a weird love triangle thing when we all kind of were like, this would just be fit better if at least one of these people was kind of gay and then it turned out one of them was and it still didn't end up the way that we thought it would want or thought or wanted it to. I just feel like in my adult sensibilities, finding two people that you like and are into is <laughs> a shot of one in a million because you can barely find one person. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like is that, it also, So it's ruined that aspect. I will say this too. I haven't yet watched, and I don't think any of us have, the um, the new like mini series or show that is the offshoot of To All the Boys I Loved Before, XO Kitty. Yeah, but that one as well, I will say, I believe that the main premise of that one is a love triangle 
possibly more than a love triangle because I think there's a guy that she goes there for. There's another guy and there's also a girl. Yeah, I think I honestly, anytime there's any hint of any sort of multiple options, I immediately skip it. Uh, the Samurai Trin Prinny, another love triangle but by no, Jenny no. Hall. That one I was never going to watch for author. other reasons. <laughs> but again, I, those books came out twenty late 2010s, so maybe 2010. I feel like I was reading these in high the school. The Samurai Trin Pretty books? It was of a time. Yeah, The Samurai Trin Pretty to all the boys love before like now it's just oh yeah actually that makes sense because into all the boys i love before there's also a love triangle and and we acknowledge that she made the wrong choice because in the movie jordan fisher was clearly a way better choice Hmm. so they're still hiding out there i think there's so many of them that it becomes a little like the background folk like there's just so many of them that it's easy to become wallpaper but it's not like we're turning off everything that becomes a love triangle because we've watched many things where it ends up this way. It just takes a minute to get there. <laughs> I, just I mean, yeah, like, I'm thinking of, like, the last books I reread, actually, were, like, the Sweep series. And there's a love triangle in there, but she ends up with the right person. So I can't even say I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is a bus. Wow. <laughs> but if, like, if someone to say I have a book about a, a love triangle, I would say. No, I, it's usually one of those things where it, it comes it. up. It's always... You know what I will take, though? I will take uh, a thruple. <laughs> yeah, but there's not enough thruple content. The closest we came in terms of, like, mainstream was in Ted Lasso because clearly someone in that writer's room knew. <laughs> and we still lost it. There, It's like gifting me to my... <laughs> gifting me to his to best, best friend <laughs> by Katie Roberts. <laughs> it's a thruple. And I was like, I think this is well You were talking about this book. To the, well... It's come up in like I know, it's, ten it's, such a, it's the only one that I'm like, this makes sense. It's to such me. a trigger to me though, because that title is genuinely fucking awful. It's Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's that's the title. It's just it, the suggestion that it makes is absolutely fucking horrifying. Wow. Uh let's let's take another one from there. No, no, you know what? We got to a good point here, which is why I think we didn't need to do all of these questions. Uh, which was that none of us care enough about any love triangles to have a strong opinion on this. So if we had gone through this, someone still would have had to answer. Uh, But another one that I thought was maybe a little bit interesting, and maybe this is for Nat, but I think, you know, it's not for anybody. It's for the whole group as large. Uh, What is something that everyone hates that you love? Because I feel like in unpopular opinions, it's a lot about like, what do you think is super overrated? You know, it's very easy to pull out things like fourth wing, which are terrible and people love them. But what is something that people are like, oh, I don't like this, I don't like this, but you love it? I have the, what do people love that I hate? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that one's easier. That's the thing. Like, that I think is a very, for all that these things are listed as like hot takes, and for all the things, this popular thing I don't like is usually incredibly easy because it's just so easy for things to be popular with a bunch of different groups, but hit critical mass enough that everyone's aware of them. So it's like super easy because again, fourth wing is so big. So like, it's easy to dislike it. It's easy to know of it, but I think it's harder to be like, I wish more people love this thing that I love. Cause I feel like at the end of the day, if it's done correctly, I will like it. Even if I said I hated it or if it's yeah, pulled I'm off like, well. My problem is I don't often pay attention to other people's ratings of things. Um, unless like I'm desperate to know. But you'd know if there like, was a book I, series you know I mean? that you loved. 
that like it, it doesn't necessarily mean me it's not even people hate it well, it's something that you think is underrated because it's just like not even being talked about i think a, a decent example of something like this i think i also also the things that i know that people don't like as much or have lower ratings that i do know of i wouldn't say that they're good i just <laughs> i didn't say that it was good i said something that everybody oh, else God. hates that you love so for example steph could pick emily in paris <laughs> I think, I mean, I talked about this earlier, not the trope one, sorry, yeah, yeah. the something that you love. Um, I do really love the Sweep series, which I think, I don't think it's underrated. I think it's probably rated at exactly the right level. I don't, there are books in it that I really hate, um, but overall the series is more nostalgic to me than anything else. It's a series about like a Wiccan coven essentially with a main character that's discovering she's a blood witch it is very basic it is so dumb and there is a love triangle in it it's very teen even it feels younger than teen even i love this series and i will never let go of it like i have physical copies of these fucking books for what for (laughs) like it's not that great um but i have noticed that they've been remaking them into audiobooks very slowly and it's been very exciting so i re-listened to the first i think they've done the first five or first four or something and i re-listened to them this year and then i reread the rest of them and i was like wow this does not hit the same way it used to however still love the series (laughs) i don't care if it's got a (laughs) 2.0 I don't know that it's that low. It's probably a good, like, 3.5. The audience that's rating it, too, probably likes it. Yeah, like, listen, here's the thing. (laughs) Did I see it pop up on some booktubers recently? And they were like, this is great. And I was like, I am so proud that it has made it this far for this nobody author that used to write as a ghostwriter for James Patterson. (laughs) Like, honestly, that, what what did you cut? I, sorry, go. I was going to say, I, I just, I don't know. It's it's one of those nostalgic things. Like, again, like, I don't know that there's a book from my teens that I would go back to and be like, I fucking love this book and reread it and as much as I do these ones for some reason, for some crazy reason. I also, I feel like in this day and age, writing for James Patterson is like a rite of passage. Like, if you're an actor and you live in New York, yeah. you've been on a law and order. If you are yeah. a writer of any kind in 2023, you've written something for James Patterson that has his name on it four times. So if, I think for another question that may be a little bit easier, rather than like thinking of a specific series, what is a trope that you love and you cling to regardless of what anybody tells you? Uh, people hate on the love interest described tall. Dark hair, curly hair, probably light eyes, muscular. Maybe he has tattoos. Maybe he doesn't. And I'm like, yes, they're all the same in every book, every fantasy book, every romance book you read. But I don't want a blonde. <laughs> that I deeply agree with you on, and I really want that to be in this episode because I know that we have a blonde lover in our listeners, and they should be Only shamed. One. Shanice, 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 the blonde herself. <gasps> wow, blonde man, you you are. The level of you a, are attracted to yeah, yourself. The level of attractive you have to be as a blonde man is so high that ninety nine percent of them don't fall, don't hit for it. Now, one that you're describing written down, virtually impossible, virtually impossible to hit those. It has to be a left out of field. I never expected this. One of the few that I'm willing to give a pass to is always Chris Hemsworth. 
The only bo- book person is Peta from The Hunger Games, and I'm just like, he lost a leg, so I feel bad. So, and he's also like, he's not necessarily supposed to be specifically attractive. He's and a good he's lo- love like interest for the different ways. Archetype yeah. of a love interest, you know? Like this, I studied that book in my gender studies class. That's it. What I do disagree with you is that all these fucking love interests have to be described as dark. It's so weird to me that white people with dark hair are described I'm as dark. I'm in dark hair. Oh, yeah, I know. But, like, yeah. the fact that tall, okay. dark, and handsome is about white men mm-hmm. throws me off every single time. It exclusively just means that they have dark hair. And every time I read that, I don't picture a white person. So there's been a couple of times in the past where I've been reading a book and I'm like, wait, what? This man named William the Fourth is a white man? Well, I talked about, I think, in the last episode, I do love Isekai a lot. It's not as common in like more like North American writing, I guess, or European writing, very much more common in like Japanese things. Do I love it every single time? Absolutely. Fucking take me to another realm. <laughs> um, but like another more common trope, obviously enemies to lovers. I don't fucking care. I mean, I do like a friends to lovers. It's fine. I don't. I love a nice little enemy. I love the snark that comes with enemies to lover. I'll never let go of it. You'll have to take it from my gold, my cold, not gold. If I was my gold not hands. Midas here, okay? <laughs> my cold, dead hands. You'd have to pry it from me. Because attention is there. The thing that I yeah. never liked about friends to lovers is like, again, personal experience. If I friend zoned someone, I friends friend zone them for a reason. And you would have to completely change your personality, which could happen for me to then fall in love with you. So that's why I do not like friends to love. I, this will always be my take of, I don't mind. I, I like a lot of what is currently written as enemies to lovers. I like that conceptually one half the time it's not enemies. And so it's like, it's just people that have a mild, mm-hmm. it's not even a dislike yeah, for each other. Issue, they have yeah. a miscommunication and that is my least favorite trip of all of them. So that usually sets it off on the wrong foot. But then... Or unforgivable yes, enemy. But then I would say you layer in a thing. They become unforgivable. And when you have someone where, like, there's not even a reason for them to be going this hard at each other, but they, they're still doing things that are unforgivable. And honestly, quite let's be real. It's usually the dude being super out of pocket that everyone, for some reason, that reads these books is just willing to forgive. I cannot stand that. My, it never had I was ex- That was exactly what I was thinking of. That was, I remember when he did, he said something he called in the her, first season, and I was like, I'm He called her unfuckable. I will say, never have I ever, yes. also an example of a love triangle that was like, clearly the point in both the first season and every season thereafter. <laughs> She's got her pick of the litter. No, apparently. she really does. Every season, they just add a new one for her roster. Yeah. I love that for her. You know? Enjoy it. Um, but yeah, but I will say, I personally prefer friends to lovers i would say that that's my hot take i think it's better however Uh, i'll give you this this is what i'm gonna give you it is rarely done well and that's the problem i think conceptually i I prefer it i prefer for a lot of reasons on a personal level i just like the idea of knowing someone well enough and then that's slowly growing into a romantic love i don't like i i don't understand the concept of hating someone and then within half a second suddenly you're into them like it's such a big turn and then like i'm sorry for all the thing of like there's no reason for them to not be together half the time in these enemies to lovers ones there's no reason for them to be together they're two people that like they hated each other but they think they're attractive 
And that attraction becomes enough of a basis for a relationship. I love a good slow build of like, we know each other well enough that we can have like a really great romantic relationship. But that, like I said, they're so often written poorly. And just in general, all of these stories rely too much on miscommunication. And it's harder to believe Mm, that two people that are close friends would have that kind of miscommunication. That is a trope I would get rid of. Miscommunication out yeah. the door. Fuck it. Like when, whenever there's a book that I'm reading and they're like, no, we're, we're going to avoid any miscommunication. I'm yeah. like, yes, you are simply correct. The miscommunication is such a cop out, I f- feel like, because there's like, it's often something so dumb and you're like, ugh, we could have gone over this. I do, I will say in terms of like enemies to lovers, I think I do prefer the ones where they clearly had a very positive relationship previously and like maybe something happened, maybe they fell out or whatever and then they come back together at some point and they like like those misunderstandings I'm okay with like oh like we were like really good friends in school and then like you said something about like not not anything like negative but like more like oh like you beat me on this I'm thinking like Ali Hazelwood that's so funny though because what I was actually thinking of was the Talia Hibbert young adult book uh, unfairly suspicious and highly cute Uh, or whatever yeah unfairly cute and highly suspicious and unfairly cute which is that exact storyline yeah like I think that is cute like you you had a good relationship at some point and then like oh like that kind of misunderstanding I'm okay with where it's like we had a weird little falling out um it's been a few years or a year or whatever and then you get back together and you're like oh okay and then like the whole story is more about them like figuring each other out again as they've grown cute uh, now, and I was going to add this too. And the reason that I throw this question down is because I was like, oh, I also kind of want to answer this question about a trope that I would like to throw in the garbage. And I recently said this in a group chat that we're in and it's, there's their only one bed. <laughs> and I oh, get no. people love. That. No, I know. And as a fan fiction reader, there is only one bed is a very, very popular tag. Okay. I was familiar with there was only one bed before I knew most things, but as an adult, Love it in Korean dramas. <laughs> I love a surprise cuddle. I first of all, as per someone who doesn't like, to yeah, cuddle. I was about to say. Let me tell you something. I hate the idea of a surprise cuddle. I think if I was in bed and I didn't want someone touching me, and I woke up with someone touching me, my first reaction would not be, "Oh, what a lovely way to be wake up." It would be, "Get this hot, sweaty body off of me. This oh. is disgusting." As an adult, I take so many precautions to never be in a situation where I'm sharing a bed with someone, particularly someone I'm not sleeping with. And that's usually the point of these. You're not sleeping with each other yet. I would be fucking livid if I paid money for a hotel and they were like, oh, I know you booked two, you know, two doubles, but we only have one queen. Fuck you. I gave you $800 a night and you're going to force me to sleep in a bed with someone? Absolutely not. Think about the lengths that we go through when ordering Airbnbs and making sure there is a bed for each person. It's just not cute anymore. It was, I loved it. I loved it as a teen. Loved it. The concept of it, everything about it, it was great. I've read so many in my life. As an adult, worst nightmare. I have an irrational hate of, like, flashbacks. <laughs> you wear <laughs> when a book. I don't know why this has come up with you multiple times. But I don't I, know. I remember you talking specifically, I hate that it's flashbacks. You, you were saying something about something we watched. Oh, my God. It was Squid Games. It's Squid Games where you were like, you really liked that they had an episode where they left and then came back. Because if it was American television, they, everything would have just been flashbacks. <laughs> 
This is, I don't know why this is so funny to me, because you're just like, move forward. <laughs> I'm only looking to the future. Like this I is just like... find when you're writing a book and half of it, every other, every other chapter is a flashback. I don't yeah, know why, but it p- bugs me. Because I'm like, the story's not taking place in the past. And like, the I do like ta- a prologue. A prologue? Like past. Totally fine. You're setting the scene. But it's like, if you're having to go back and forth, like you're telling most of the story through your flashback. So how are you moving the present day story forward? It doesn't work. I do think to. I do think they I do think a lot of fiction that uses like flashbacks heavily relies on it when it doesn't actually yeah. need it versus like there's some stories where the flashbacks and the present meeting are like key to the storyline which I think are fantastic. Yeah. But like when it's not used that way and it's more about like filling in the details then I'm like okay listen we could have had this in another way. Cuz I read a story I read a story recently and like they were enemies in high school. But I did not get a chapter about what they were like in high school. It was like just a sentence here, a sentence there. Like I never actually saw that, and I was like, "This works perfectly for me." <laughs> but I don't. I it's I get so mad, and I don't know why. Because I would say like, and I'm also not a fan of the flashback in general. I actually generally agree with you, but I would argue the point of a flashback is rarely to move the plot forward. It is to fill in the gaps of the story, or to Nat's point, I like it when it's really used as a way to like mirror what's happening in the current time, but like in a way that like it fits the story. It's not moving plot forward, but it fits to show you like how people have changed or something like that. Um, but I, yeah, fully agree that most of the time when it's used, it's used very poorly. Sometimes in books too, it's hard to fucking tell. I, yeah. I think also like if you're thinking back to something that happened in the past, you're going to get that memory wrong. And that's not So it's used like enough. how you interpreted that in the yeah, and how you interpret that in the future is what matters more. So, like, mm-hmm. that's what I want to see. I don't want to. See, I don't want to read fully what's happening yeah. or what happened when these, 10, 15 yeah, years when ago. When these flashbacks are treated like a picture perfect, like this is a factual series of what took place. Yeah, yeah. absolutely not. I mean, one of my favorite tropes that I use to, that I like too much is saying the is because I get to sound pretentious when I talk about like the Rashomon approach or the Rashomon trope which is telling the same story but from different viewpoints and like when that's done well the story is dramatically different from every single person's perspective but most of these flashbacks it's literally just Mm -hmm. here's the neutral point of view of what happened or you throw in a little miscommunication the the after party style of yes exactly which I cannot wait for it to finish we can do a review on that well, it's true because you're getting the flashback from that person, one person's perspective. I'm thinking in romance yeah. books from one person's perspective, and like that—that's the truth that I'm seeing. And like I know people play with that sometimes, but I don't need it. I don't need—I don't need to know what they were like 15 years ago. I need to know who they are now, and you can tell me in a sentence how they got to be. Unless this way. the midnight sun something, and then you're like, I need it. <laughs> that's that's something people love that I hate. <laughs> that I found the answer to that. I don't need to read something twice from another person's perspective. I agree. Because that's, again, I think we talked about this in another episode. That's fan service. And you're not giving the reader what they need. You're giving them what they want, which is, that is what I hate. Yeah, unless it's a planned part of your story. Sure, I can totally see that. Mm -hmm. But these ones, it's even fan service is almost generous. Because I think a lot of people that are reading it don't even want it. It's more just capitalism. Like, I know it's a cash grab. Cash grab. I know, like, get that money. Yeah, get that money. But, like... I would rather have a new story in the same world, maybe, yeah. with new Agreed. characters. But i that's my unpopular opinion, because I know those Fifty Shades books made so much money from Christian's perspective. I know. People I know. loved it. 
Well, I think that will take us into the last question that we'll do of one of these. And that is, what is a loved character that you hate? People love Gail. I don't like Gail. Do people like Gail? I didn't think that was a popular opinion. I thought they did. Maybe it is. And it's like so insular of the the lens through which I I know these things. Because like it's... Well, I think people... It's like that. People really love Draco. Bro, even though people he's awful love in the books. Draco. That's but wild. also, well, and it's like they love they love the fan fiction him. They don't love written by the worst person ever. You know who? You know a character that has a similar issue as that? Fucking Kylo Ren. <laughs> Kylo Ren. <laughs> no one's writing fan fiction yeah. about the character from the movies. They've cr- completely fabricated a version of him in their mind. That's why I like when people are coming out with new stuff, <laughs> just based on. The dynamic that didn't really actually exist. It was all made up. I'm just saying, I think we need to investigate this because we realize that you look a little bit like Daisy Ridley. Do you remember when you had the Daisy Ridley masks at Kobo? I have a photo of that on my phone. Who told me that? I feel like someone on a dating app told me that. And then I said that. My sister, she's like, you know what he's doing to your photo right now? And I like, stop that right now. Who? Yeah, I was like, I don't see it, but sure. I don't have a celeb lookalike. I honestly don't. Who is somebody that I hate that everybody loves? I don't know. You know, I really, I think there's potential for this style of episode. I think the problem is two of the three people aren't great at thinking on the fly. No, I'm not. Okay, (laughs) Marvel. Let's do Marvel. I hate Iron Man. There we go. Boom. Done. We've talked about Kylo Ren or Adam Driver in three episodes. So many times. It's truly blinded me to anything else because I'm just like, Stop what? Don't fucking I'm, lie about what the problem is. This is, this is. That is part that of the problem. This kind of life. This episode is on the pre- Patreon we don't have. When it's like, we don't even want to edit this. It's like the, so it's, you it's can hear the pauses we have. It's the, the coffee. Give us, send us five bucks for coffee. Oh. Yes. I thought of one. Oh my God. Snape. Oh. People fucking love Snape. What is Snape up with was, this? I, mean, I think it's the same thing. I love Alan Rickman. I, I think it's Snape. the same thing, though, with the, the Draco and the Kylo Ren thing, where people have created a version of this character in their minds, and it's completely yeah. removed from the reality of it. Um, but I think what a problem, too, with a lot of these source materials though is that even the people that write them are a little bit in love with these characters and so it like it's seeping through and people don't necessarily get yeah, the right sure. takeaway from them so it's definitely a mix of like the author is problematic and also the fans are problematic but they like love him and lily potter together i'm like she didn't pick him didn't want to be his friend didn't want anything what to i do love with about him. this in and fact he was a little bit creepy exactly. <laughs> talk about it like it's so romantic and he's so heartbroken oh what a soft little boy in real yeah. life he's an incel he's an and incel. you're also <laughs> turning him down like yeah. yes yeah. and then like it's all excused by the fact that like he was doing it for to protect everybody slash harry so slash whatever and it's kind of like but he actually wasn't like for like what's Five of those five, five and a half of those books, he was a fucking asshole. At one point, wouldn't he? Five years. He, he loved his Lily so much. Wouldn't he want his her son to be protected, treated well? Even even Wild. the justification at the end for like 
why he sacrificed himself, whatever, was that yeah. the only reason he was ever like even remotely of a human being was because Harry Potter had his mother's eyes. Like that's what's written in the book, which is the stupidest mm-hmm. fucking explanation for anything. You remind me of your dead mom that wouldn't fuck me that I'm still hung up on 30 years later. Who I who I was the cause of her dying, technically. And also who I was super racist towards. Like, that's also forgotten in these books. Like, because yeah. they, it's like all these other words, oh, it's muggle, it's my blood. This is racism. I mean, yeah. knowing what we know about the author now, I'm like, make, checks out. Yeah. Make yeah. It, I mean, in that sense, yeah. And it's like, I don't know. There's, it's annoying because, like, as much as I love Alan Rickman and as much as he's made the character softer in the movies in a lot of ways, I still cannot get behind the Snape love. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, I don't... I love Alan Rickman as an actor. I love him playing the fucking sheriff from Robin Hood, even though he tries to rape somebody in there. He's fucking absolutely insane. The actor is incredible. Alan Rickman is a very good actor. <laughs> but... I, it's And it's so much... And we've talked about this before. It's so much the, like, fan view of it, though. People can't help but yeah. take away a little bit too much. A little bit too much from these characters and be like... Now, because I love him, I'm going to write a bunch of fan fiction and, like, dedicate... And it's so creepy. That's why, honestly, like, I'm not a big fan of any kind of Jaco Hermione fan fiction, even though I know one of the most popular ones. And when I was talking to another friend group post our last recording where we were discussing this, um, they also (laughs) said that their introduction to fan fiction was with Draco Hermione. It was a big one. And, like, as a coupling, hella fucking problematic. (laughs) But I think it's because also Emma Watson has said many times she had a crush on Tom Felton. But I think who played Draco. I mean, don't get me and that's wrong. Added the layer of delusions. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that comes out too. But I think even if that wasn't there, people have. And this is like very true of like the Teen Wolf thing, where like I've fallen into this as well. People take two characters that they like, regardless of why that they like them. They take two characters they like <laughs> and they go now touch genitals, make out, and and then that turn. But the problem is like then that inflates and it gets worse and worse and worse and then you have a bunch of people on tumblr thinking that styles and Derek are genuinely dating in teen wolf and meanwhile they've had like four scenes together in the whole first season well i mean it was a missed opportunity for a slytherin gryffindor romance I'm not saying who it would have been it didn't have to be those people but i'm like that was a dynamic you could have explored so many things but as we know from this author no evil people are evil um yeah and good people are good and none of them are trans people apparently so which makes no sense because in the magical world you can change anything whatever it's fine i could let's not get into it but people can fuck goats all they want that is like a thing in there right and it's like canon it it's is. not even one of those things where Who like she said it afterwards it's written in one of the books Aberforth. he fucked it's... a goat Aberforth yeah. fucks a goat. That's bestiality. Albus's brother. Why is he doing like, this? He just fucking loves goats, <laughs> and it's like commonly accepted. It's in the uh, the crimes of of whatever the G name Grimwald. It's it is actually in one of the yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's not even one of those things where she decides afterwards to let you know that wizards can just magic the poop out of their bowels. Like no, she wrote this into the book. It's in the text. Oh my god! And on that note, that was this episode. Uh, I suspect we'll never do this again, 
Uh, I think if we do... Without prep. Yeah, exactly. I think if we do, what we might do is uh, figure out the main question in advance and get people some time to select what they want to select. But maybe we'll try doing things a little bit more interview style. Try to keep the rails on things a little bit more. This is a nice little shorty episode. Um, You know, a little half hour nugget in your day instead of the full hour. We're going to have a great cottage trip, and we hope you can live vicariously through us because we'll post some pictures. Probably. On our personal account, of which, yeah, mine's uh, to public. be fair, of which <laughs> the entire listenership of everyone and their sister does have access to <laughs> at this point in time. Um, but also, Steph won't, so don't worry. There'll still be some gatekeeping. Maybe I'll become an influencer this I say that. I can't even pretend. I can't even follow through on my joke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the most honest thing Steph has ever said. Uh, And she's not a liar. uh, That was just that honest. (laughs) I'm not. I can't. I can't. I can't pretend. I don't like taking photos of myself. I don't think anyone would care if I (laughs) took photos of nothing. Here we are. Uh, Here we are. Fantastic. Absolutely stunning. On that note, that's everything from us. It's a weird episode, guys. Like I said, three episodes in one day. We'll, I say we'll never do this again. For some reason, I'm sure we'll have to if the podcast lasts long enough. <laughs> uh, but hopefully, if we do a little shorter interview style, maybe roundtable of a couple questions again, we'll come in a little bit more prepared. I don't think on the fly works for this particular group. But you know what? We tried. And what we, what we offer you, the kind of high quality content that you're coming from, is that we're constantly <laughs> experimenting. We're constantly trying new things. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm just trying to make the episode last a little bit longer, just so Steph has to edit it. That's from us. <laughs> Rude. Bye. Bye. If I died tomorrow, would you guys continue this podcast? No. Oh, um, <laughs> no. I was going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs>